All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Ready? <coughs> ah! Mm. Ready? How now, brown cow? Check market. Unique New York. Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow. Ready? This is going to be a terrible episode. Welcome, everybody, to Dropping the Gloves with Tim Orsberger and the, the voice you came here to hear. Came here to hear? John Scott. Does that make sense? It did. Came kind of. here to hear. Yep. H-E-R-E-H-E-A-R. Anyways, Tim, how you doing? How's your week? How's your weekend? How's your, uh, how's your life? Life's okay. It's been a little bit of crazy. Long day at work. Oh. I was sick over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, we were supposed to hang out. It couldn't happen. Um, we were going to play a little bit, a little bit of cards. How'd you make out? I finished, I think it was, um, a 50 person poker tournament. I, I finished top, I want to say top 15, top 12. Yeah. But you know what, you know what happened? The blinds jumped up real, real fast. My table didn't have a lot of chips at it and we were playing a nice casual friendly game. And then we had some joiners join the table and they just brought the heat with the, the stack and they just started like raising the blinds and like raising before the the cards were dealt and this wasn't fun so i was like i'm going all in and i had an ace five of hearts the guy flips over pocket tens the flop comes 10 10 jack he gets no and i'm like thanks for having me i'm out of here so it was fun it was a good event it was for charity it was for um the school g tax the catholic school system in town here so I know, I, I heard you threw a little bit of a fit when you when you lost. What? Yeah, might have kicked a chair. Yeah, kicking stuff. People were kind of scared. It's What's... funny. I I did it as a joke, but everyone was like, "Wait a minute! What if he's upset? What are we gonna do?" <laughs> they all kind of got those deer in a headlight look. But it was a joke. I kind of tipped the chair over her, and I was like, "I'm out of here." This They're place like, stinks. "Can all fifty of us take him if we needed to?" <laughs> the answer is no. You cannot. <laughs> But no, it was it was all in jest, and it was a fun night for a good cause. But yeah, we missed you, Tim. You and your uh, next time, your soft immune system can't hang with us, young kids. And mind you, Tim's thirty, twenty nine, twenty nine. Don't, don't come at me like when that. Do you, when do you come get the thirty? The big October. 3-0? Oh, we're gonna have to have a party. <sighs> Let's move on. Why are you so nervous to be thirty? Thirty is the worst. Why? Thirty is basically forty, which is basically dead. 
It's interesting people say that. Usually people who say, I can't, I, I don't want to turn 30. It's because they're not um, where they want to be in their life. I was so happy to be 30. I'm like, man, I'm doing pretty well. I did took stock in my life. I was like, dude, not not too shabby at 30. This just in millionaire happy with his life. I know. This is kind of cool. Beautiful wife, <laughs> baby, happy with my life. I was doing pretty well. I'm, I'm excited to get to 40. It's a race to 40. But, you know, maybe you should take some time to sit down and reevaluate your life. You know what it makes me think of is that episode in in The Office with Michael Scott with Scott's Tots. Yeah. When he he promises to pay for all these kids' tuitions, and he goes, maybe by the time I'm 30, and I didn't have the money. And I thought, maybe by the time I'm 40, but I had less money than I did when I was 30. (laughs) (laughs) He's funny. I just saw one of him the other day where they were at Jim and Pam's wedding, and he was talking about Dwight. He's like, man, imagine being Dwight in his 30s, dead-end job with no wife or any prospects. He's like, whew got to be tough. <laughs> it's yeah. like 40. Anyways, I'm glad everyone's here joining us for another episode. I hope everyone had a good week. The big event on the weekend was a Super Bowl. What did you think of the game, first of all? Game was okay. I was kind of on and off with it. I watched the first maybe quarter and a half, and I sort of got bored. Um, I was at my uncle's house and just kind of hanging out with, with his family, and we did other things. Okay. Yeah. I have an issue with the NFL. I have a gripe and I don't know if it's just carrying over from the NHL All-Star game, but what is happening with the morals in society today? Like, honestly. So here's what I wanted to do with my kids. We had a bunch of appetizers. We were going to have a big Super Bowl party. We were going to have a great day. I was going to sit down with the family. I have kids. They're eight, six. My twins turned four today, so four, four, and two. And it was just going to be a nice family event. Pretty simple, right? You would think that'd be a, a no-brainer. We're going to watch the Super Bowl. No. We have to be careful with the commercials and this and that. So we did not even watch any of the game. How far did you make it? We didn't even turn it on. No? Because I was so nervous for what they were going to see that we didn't even get to that point. We we did puzzles. We played cards. We colored. We read books. We did all this great stuff. We played with balloons And by the time it got to the game, I was like, I don't want to blow this and have some stuff on the TV screen that they're going to be influenced by. And luckily, we didn't watch it because I read some articles after the game. I didn't watch the halftime show. Did you watch it? Yeah, I probably watched the first five, ten minutes. I don't know how long it was, but it was was just boring. I mean, just a lot of... What was your thoughts of the halftime show? It was a lot of noise and a lot of frill. That's I mean, not what was... I'm talking about. I'm talking about the moral subject. I'm talking about if it's appropriate to have women. Uh, I mean, that's... Don't be PC that's here. A, that's Let's... a spectrum, but I will just say I wouldn't want my, my young kids watching that if I had, if I had young kids. I'm not going to be PC. I think it is completely wrong for whatever network that was, Fox? I don't know. To air something like that. And mind you, I did not watch it. I just heard from people talking about it. I read articles saying they were dancing on stripper poles. They were dressed provocatively. They were wagging their tongues around. They were doing sexually provocative things on the Super Bowl halftime show. And mind you, I'm not a fuddy-duddy. I get it. Like, you're trying to be cool and hip, and you want to be looking fly and be woke and cool. You don't have to drop down to that depth to be like it's a stripper pole you're legit grinding on a stripper pole 
at the Super Bowl when you have millions and millions and millions of people watching. And it just it rubs me the wrong way. I have five daughters. If we were watching, they're going to look up to that. My one daughter talks, well, I want to be a rock star. She thinks it's fun. When she sees someone on stage at the Super Bowl, she thinks that person is a rock star. And she's going to, well, how do I become a rock star? Well, I dress scantily clad and I gyrate on a pole and I shake my money makers and that's how I become famous. Nothing to do with your talent, nothing to do with who you are, just pure physical attributes. So much for the Me Too movement. Tim's just shaking his head. He's like, you're going to get us in trouble. Well, I'm just thinking, like, did you ever think that you'd be the guy on his on his soapbox no. about this stuff? No. No, I would never would have. Five years ago, ten years ago? No. No. But you grow, you get older, and you see things, and you realize what's right and what's wrong. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners are teenage kids and guys in their 20s and women, and they're like, you're an idiot, John. I'm entitled to my opinion, and you know, like it or lump it, I think it was too much. I think there's a line, like you can dress fun and you know, like show off whatever you want to show off, but like, let's just, come on. Like, Are we headed in the right direction? Do we need a stripper pole on stage and... All kinds of this stuff. I'm all for women looking nice and dressing like I hate the word. You hate to use the word sexy, but like you want to look nice. You know, you want to feel attractive. You don't have to wear whatever they were wearing. You know what I mean? That's that's just my my stance on it. And after the All Star Game with Green Day, yeah, I was, I was already say. fired up. I'm like, what? Like what else? What else can go wrong? And she had her daughter on stage. Oh, I didn't see that. She had her 11-year-old daughter on stage, and so now we got whatever. Whatever. It's fine. She's 50 <laughs> years old. Good for her, J-Lo. You're working hard. I'm All power to you. Wear something more appropriate for the Super Bowl show. Save that for your concert where you're not going to have 100 million people watching on TV. Yeah. And little eyes and this and that and... Whatever. If you don't like it, that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. But I just think the direction this country's headed is not in the right direction. As much as I love my my stocks going up and this and that, morally speaking, I don't like where we're headed. I, I hope there's a tipping point where it's like, okay, we've had enough. I don't need to see J-Lo at the Super Bowl dancing or gyrating like that. She's a great singer. She's a great performer. Just you don't need to overdo it. So now you're more dug in than ever on your your homeschooling, you're turning the TV off. Yes. But like I'm not like some guy who's going to like I say I'm going to build walls and never see anybody. But I don't want my kids seeing that. I really don't. I wouldn't if I had five boys, I wouldn't want them seeing that either. It's just it's too much. It's too much mainstream stuff. No. No bueno. No thank you. What? No. I pass. Hard pass. Heavy pass. Anyways. I, I've been I've been dying to get that off my chest. Yeah, I can tell. I've been stewing about it, and I'm like, just calm down. We don't even have to talk about it, and I can't. It just drives me bananas. <laughs> it dry. And if you want to have a debate about it, email the show, and we'll have a nice, healthy debate. Because I am I feel so strong about that. I don't like it. Don't like it at all. Anyways, let's move on. Let's talk about hockey. Let's talk about hockey. The All Star Games come and gone. We're into February. Now it is time to figure out where your team is at. Are we going to make a push? Are we going to sell everything and reload for next year? Which direction are we headed? And the tricky thing 
that's happening now is teams, everyone feels like they're still in it because of recent history. Well, St. Louis, after the All-Star game, they were, got, they were, they were gosh, they were 11 points back. And then they went on this wild run. So we're still in it. So we should, we should get some assets. So in my opinion, there's only a few real hardcore sellers. It's the Detroit's. It's the New Jersey's. It's the, well, Ottawa's. I almost said Buffalo. But they are on the fence yeah. just because of this. Is Montreal a seller or a buyer? Is Toronto a seller or a buyer? Chicago, Winnipeg, San Jose, as crazy as it sounds. Okay, come on. As crazy as it sounds. They were in the same position as uh, St. Louis was. Same points back, but I Yeah, know. but that's the exception. That's not that the is. I know. So there's just a bunch of these teams. Nashville, there's a lot of teams out there who are just kind of maybe playing, I'm going to dip my toe in, see if we can get somebody. If not, we're going to sell off in the last minute. Well, that's what makes the next two weeks so, so huge right now because it's three weeks or so till the trade deadline. And, like, in the East, you got a bunch of teams within four or five points of each other, and not so much in the in the West, but they're still similar. So what happens over the next, say, seven or ten days is really going to impact what, what's the, what the trade deadline looks like. Well, let's, let's talk about the teams on the bubble. Yep. And the first one I want, like Toronto. So right now, as we speak tonight, it is February 4th at 8 p.m., Toronto would be out of the playoffs. They are tied for the last last spot with Florida, but Florida has two games in hand. So what does Toronto do? They have they're up against the cap. They don't have any room. They have a couple UFAs coming up next year. Your your buddy, your your best bud, Tyson Berry, Jason Spezza, a few handfuls of other, but they need to keep money to keep their guys happy, you know? What do they do? They have glaring weaknesses glaring weaknesses much like boston their goaltending is atrocious their defense is lacking what how do you find a goalie how do you find a defenseman what what does toronto do in this situation i think toronto stands pat you don't have you don't have room you don't have room to do much anyway what can you pull up on your computer how much cap room they have Uh, i'm not entirely sure what kind of cap room they have but i'm assuming they don't have much but I could be wrong. But just based on their contracts they've given out lately, I would guess they have maybe a couple million, if that. Tim's looking. They have zero cap space. Zero cap space. So, okay, I was dead on. So, Anderson just got hurt. He's been terrible. Their backup, I don't even know who their backup is. Sorry, they they uh, they have about just a little under three million in cap space. Okay, so they have a little bit of yep. money to work with. I'm sorry, I misspoke. I didn't really look up their cap space before this. Yes. So... They need a goalie. They need a goalie in a bad way because Anderson has been hot and cold all year. He hasn't been this lights-out goalie that he has before and stolen games for them. What do they do? Do you go out and do you get a defenseman? Do you go out and try to get a, a decent backup goalie? There's goalies out there on the market. Yeah, but I think their hands are tied based on the, the contracts that they have. And the, the problem isn't that they don't have the names, it's that the names aren't playing up to what they're capable of. So, like, you got the, the defense, like... Barry's underperforming. Morgan Riley's underperforming. Barry's performing much. right on par. No, he's not. So you have like you just need those guys to step up. So it, I think they stand still, and I think they hope to just rely on their best players to carry them. Matthew a, Marners, Taveras. That's, that's what they a need bad to idea. So yeah, but they're not going to win this year, regardless. Why not? Because they don't have they don't have the pieces. It's so funny how things change when at the at the beginning of the year you're like, whoa, this this is a contender. 
And now you're saying, well, they don't have to win it this year. We've been saying that about Toronto for how long? Four or five years. They don't have to win it this year. When is it time for Toronto to win? It's Their time is now. The time, it has to be now. It has to be in the next two, three, four years. Well, Matthews is probably, if, if you give him you know, gun to head, I think he takes the Richard over Pasternak. No only, way. Only one behind him right now. Gun to head? Yeah. Aggressive. No way. Pasternak means more to his team than Matthews does to Toronto. Richard is a gold, the goal trophy. I know, but I'm just, oh, that's true. Uh, no, I don't think he will. I think he's Pasternak, only one behind him right now, and yeah. he's, he's scored like ten in the last ten games. I'm going to say Pasternak takes it, or Ovechkin goes on a tear and takes it all. It's going to be one of the three of them. Yeah, yeah. I hope Pasternak wins it. I think he is a really, really good hockey player. He's so good for the game of hockey. Too. I like his style, and I like Matthews too. But I just like Pasternak more. I think Toronto, if they really want to make a run at this, they need to go get a defenseman, and they need to make some kind of splash. I would deal Barry. I would trade Barry for, like, uh, Peter Angelo, Alex. I know they're both UFAs. I would swap them. Why would the Blues do that? Maybe they can get Barry to sign for a lesser deal. Unless they can't get Peter Angelo. You know what I mean? Instead, do a sign-in trade with Barry. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Go get a defenseman. Go. Well, you're not going to get Tory Kruger. I'm just trying to think of all the UFAs out there. Peter Angelo and Kruger are the two big guys. Barry comes to mind. Then there's, like... Uh, Jake Muzzin, he's in Toronto too. What are they going to do with him? I like him. I like him too, but can you can't afford Barry and Muzzin and all these guys. You can't do it. They have to do something with these guys. You can't just let them walk and not make the playoffs. Like, I don't know. I honestly don't know what they can do. Do you go after a Shattenkirk who's playing not bad with the Rangers? He's having a solid year. But is he just another puck-moving guy? How about Gustafson with Chicago? Oh, he's a good player. I like he's, him. I mean, he put up like 56 points last year as a defenseman. But super underwhelming this year. That was last year, like the anomaly, or can he play to that level in the right situation again? You don't put up fifty points, and like it just goes away. Like you're a decent hockey player, and he's he's a he's a big body. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of defensemen have done it. Yeah, I guess Seabrook did it. But Look at Gostasper with uh, Philly. I would take Gostasperg. Whatever his name. I is. I don't even know how to pronounce it either. Yeah, but Michael Toronto- Delzato used to used to do that early in his career, and then he just just fell off the face of the earth. There's a few D men out there, like um. And Alex Martinez in L.A., he's got a few years left on his deal. He's he's only at four four schmill a year, his cap hit. How about Eric Carlson? He's not going anywhere. No one can handle that cap. It's too high. Yeah. That, like, that, Certainly that's, not Toronto. That's going to have to be an offseason move if, if that's the direction they want to go. Should we, should we talk? Well, anyway, so I, I think Toronto needs to get a backup goalie. One of my ex-teammates, Ryan Miller. In Anaheim. Anaheim's not going anywhere. He would be a nice fit in that room. And he can play in that conference. He can play in that conference. He knows everybody in that conference. He has zero ego whatsoever. He's already been a backup in his career. He was a backup in Vancouver. He's a backup now in Anaheim. He's a solid, solid goalie. If Anderson falters, he can carry the load. He's a very, very tested goalie. And he I think he would be a good fit in Toronto. That's just my opinion. Corey Crawford from Chicago. If Chicago decides, you know, they're not they're not confident they're going to make it, he would be another one. Chicago can keep some cap. Corey's a good, proven, tested goalie. But if I'm going to choose between the two, I've played with both of them, I'm going to take Miller over Crawford. I would too, and I also don't think Chicago would deal Crawford. I think they're going to make a push. Yeah, All... but even still, if they're going to make a push, they don't make a push with two goalies. Leonard's their number one. Yeah. So, and Crow's going to walk at the end of the year. They're not going to keep those two guys again. So, I, I don't know. Toronto... I hope they make the playoffs. It's good for hockey. 
I also hope they miss the playoffs just because it's good for me because I hope they miss the playoffs, and I'm not a big Toronto fan. There's nothing better than just listening to well, – I'll rephrase that. The next best thing to listening to Bruins fans whine is to listen to Leafs fans whine because they're both so entitled and they think they're the best and nothing goes wrong and everything they they do is the best and everything that happens to them is the worst. So the Bruins are the worst at that. Oh, come on. The absolute on. worst. Stop it. So I like listening to Toronto fans. At least Toronto fans, they've, they've grown to, you know, expect it a little bit, the letdown. That's a loser mentality, though. Yeah, it is. They have it. They have it. Uh, nothing makes me happier when we eliminate them in the playoffs every year and they show like the, their little Times Square section, I all know. the thousand people, and they're still let down when they realize it's over for them. Do they call It's called Maple Leaf Square. Is that what it is? And then in, for basketball, they call it Jurassic Park. Oh. Okay, I know. It's so depressing. It's awesome. But then, okay, talk about another letdown team. Another team in their conference, right down the QEW, jump on the 403, the Buffalo Sabres. What happened to the Sabres? My Sabres. They started off so hot. Two years in a row. Yeah. Best team in the league. And we said it wasn't going to happen again this year. They weren't going to fall off well, like no. they did last year. Who said year. that? That was Rasmus. Ristolainen said that. Yeah. He's like, I think you said it too. I might have said it. But hey. Risto. Risto. I was wrong. They have just completely dropped off the map. And wasn't wasn't Jeff Skinner one of those guys we were watching that just signed after Skinner! a he was a, he was an RFA last year. Signed a big contact big extension. Ticket. Extension. Well, he got hurt. Yeah, but he's been terrible. He he's hurt. He's not hurt. I think he's hurt. He missed like two or three weeks, but he's he's been playing most of the year. I don't think he's um, he's himself. But that's no excuse. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. He's playing like third line. And like I don't know why they wouldn't put him with Eichel. Like what's not working? They probably did. He just didn't work. Yeah. He, he ah, listen. I never liked Skinner when he was in Calif- uh, Carolina. I never liked him when he was in Buffalo. He's just one of those guys who just he's got one of those faces. I don't like him. <laughs> yeah. I honestly don't like him. I don't like how he plays. He's got the whiner looking face. He looks so young. He's the baby face. And he just like dives a couple times a game and he just complains. He's slow to get up. I don't like those guys on my team. I think they wreck a team chemistry and guys on your team don't respect them. They're not going to go to bat for them. They just ruin a team. But anyways... <laughs> He is far from their biggest problem. The Sabres, Eichel is a superstar. Yep. A bona fide superstar. Which I'm so glad to see because he kind of slowed down last year and like guys like McKinnon and Matthews has passed way ahead of him, but now he's right back with those guys. He arguably, gosh, I'm not going to say he's right up there with him. He if is. I were to draft a team right now and I had the first overall pick, he would be in contention for my first overall pick. He'd be up there. He is that good. And he doesn't get the luxury of playing with the Dreinsidel or Rantanen or whoever else, um, Landeskog or who, right. whoever McKinnon plays with. Like, he Those doesn't two. have that high-end guy to play with. Yeah, because you think of, like, look at the leaderboard. They all have a, a, another line mate on this leaderboard. <clears throat> not Eichel. Not, not Eichel. Like, but Pasternak has Marshawn, Huberdeau has Barkov, obviously McDavid and um, Dreisaitl together. Matthews has big line mates. Kaner has big line mates. Who does Eichel have? Nobody. Yeah. Nobody at all. And this is Reinhardt. where... This is where the, the Sabres, they try to do everything the right way. They have a very, very good scouting team, but look at who they've drafted and who's been a really success. They got Eichel because that was a sweepstakes for McDavid and Eichel. Correct. Then they got lucky last year and got Rosmus Dahlin. Or was that two years ago? I think it was two years, but he's a stud. But he, everyone knew he was the number one overall pick, so that yep. was a no-brainer. 
the other picks that they've gotten are just they're not living up to their their draft position. Like you said, Reinhardt has been arguably a bust. Ristolainen, and Risto love the kid, 6 overall. Does he merit a 6th overall pick? It'd be interesting no. to go back and redraft that draft. You know who else was a first-round pick for them? Who? Gergensen's. Zygmus, I know. He was a first-rounder. 14th overall. No, he's not a terrible player. For a first-overall pick, or first-round pick, 14th overall, he is a beast of a player. He grinds it out. He's a good, good player. Good third-line guy. Yeah. When you're in the first round, you're looking for first-line talent, first-deep-pairing talent. Do you, like, as an undrafted player, do you look at stuff like that and just think, this is driving nuts? No, I, I, good for him. He got, he tricked somebody to pick him first, first round. <laughs> yeah. He's from Latvia, you know, good for him. Jake McCabe, another first rounder, decent player. Like they have a decent team. Like they just are underproducing. You know what I mean? They need to, I, I don't know. They need someone to play with Eichel. They really do. The, the, the pieces are there for them to have a good team, but they don't have enough of them. Yeah, but we thought that was going to be uh, I know. Skinner. Skinner. Yeah. It's not Skinner. What did they give him? Eight million bucks? Something like I that. I want to say something like just ridiculous like that. Yeah, but I, I don't see them making the playoffs. I really, really don't. Like, they have just a lot of average players. Like, Frolik is good. They have, oh gosh, Ocposo. Is he even playing, Ocposo? I don't know. I haven't heard that name all season. Right? It's just... It's just very Jimmy Vesey. Gosh, how many teams has he been on? Oh, uh, that kid drives me nuts. Why? What Jimmy Boston Vesey. guy? Yeah, but like he had the, remember the sweepstakes for him? Oh, when he was coming out of B, B- no, Harvard. Harvard. He he opted out of his first contract and then with signed with the Devils or the Predators. The Predators and then signed with the Rangers and hasn't done anything since he's been in the league. He's made a boatload of money. Yeah. But anyways, so I I think Buffalo they're done. I'm going to stick a fork in them and say yeah. they're done. As as much as I would love to see them in the playoffs, I think that ship has sailed. But they really don't have any assets to trade anyway to, got, well, to get something for Risto. Yeah, Risto. They got a couple guys who they could Maybe trade. Maybe Risto can go to Toronto. Oh, imagine that. He's like, Toronto hates him. Yeah. The the rivalry there is hot. So what what happens with their GM? Botterill. Gone? See you later. Take care. Comb your hair. Uh... You don't care. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Because it's at some level, like, the guys are underperforming. And that's not the GM's fault. You know, the GM is always like when a team does well, the GM gets no credit. When it does poorly, the GM gets blamed. Yeah, but at some point, you can't just... What's the definition of insanity? I know. Right? I know. Because they've already got rid of a few coaches under him. Like, what's next? You got you to get a... Someone's head's got to roll. It's got to be Botterill. This year they have like the, every year it's the same story with them. We, we you know we're going to turn things around. This is our year. We're going to make the playoffs. We're going to take that next step. Our young guys are going to step up. Right in the right in the tub, right in the toilet. Maybe they need a little bit of a consulting. Oh my gosh, no! They hire so many ex players to work for that team. It's incredible. I go back and do some uh, parent stuff and alumni stuff. Everybody and their brother who lives in the Sabers area who used to play for the Sabers is on their payroll. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I go back and there's Biron, there's Peters, there's Coletta, there's uh, McCormick, there's like everybody. Yeah. Everybody is on the, the Sabres teat, just suckling. It's amazing. And they're doing a great job, but I just don't want I, I couldn't do that. Well, I could, but I just don't want to. Not, not interested. Not, I'm good in Traverse City. All right, moving on. Another team 
in that division? The Montreal Canadiens. What what are your thoughts on Les, les Canadiens? Les Habitants. I mean, they're not going to make a push. Even if they squeak into the playoffs. They've won six of their last ten. I don't think anyone's afraid of playing them. The Bruins aren't afraid of playing no. the Canadians? No. No? Not are you more. serious? Yes. Carey Price gets hot? I mean, if if Rast doesn't come back, but no, I'm not worried about that. They them. need a little bit more than Tuca. How bad has Halak been playing lately? He's been he's been garbage. Yeah, absolute garbage. trash. They'll go 500 with him if they can if they can maintain 500 with him until Rask gets back or a little better. They'll be fine. They are in trouble if Tuca doesn't come back and he's fully healthy because Halak is terrible. Yeah, you well, cannot not- sit here and look at me in the eye and say he's good. Right now, he's not terrible. If he's your starting goalie, you're in, you're you're in tough shape. But as a backup in a pinch when the starter's injured, he's fine. So okay, if you're Montreal's GM, you've literally been on the hot seat for five years, yep. and you've managed to save your job somehow. Somehow you're still there. What do you do? What what is your move right now? Because I, I feel like I can't even say they're building towards something or I'm seeing like a serious like, oh, this is another year or two they're going to be out there. Because I don't have any superstar players. I mean, Weber is having like a resurgence of a, of a season, but again, he's what, 35? I mean, Domi's not really what he's supposed to be. Drouin's not what he's, what he's supposed to be. You got Kovalchuk, though. <laughs> yeah, he's you been great. You got Kovalchuk. He's been great. I, I, I deal. I'm, I'm selling if I'm them. So if you're the GM, you're, you're obviously selling. Yep. Kovalchuk. Who, who are you? Are you just trying to accumulate draft picks? I I just need to make one big move, sell a few assets, and go get a guy. Go get a horse. Who? A stallion. Who? Taylor Hall. Ooh. Arizona's going to make the playoffs. They can't get him. Um, who do they, they get? There's might- no one out there. I think Bergevin has been saving his tail, so now his shtick is this. We don't want to give up any of our assets. We're not going to mortgage our future. That Because he knows his team's terrible. Such a can statement. Because he's trying to save his behind. He's fired all his coaches three times over. He doesn't want to get canned, so he's like, listen, I, I'm rebuilding. I'm in this for the long haul. Two years ago, he's like, we're in a win-now mode. We're trading PK. We're getting Weber. We're a win-now team. You know, We're getting Domi. We're doing this. I'm change, I'm trading Galchenyuk, which in hindsight wasn't a bad trade. I said that was a terrible trade for Montreal. It's worked out okay. Galchenyuk hasn't really panned out anywhere he's gone. Yeah. He's just kind of fallen off the map. I had him pegged for a big year. He's needs with uh, Pittsburgh now. I thought he's playing on Malkin's line. I'm like, oh, he's going to finally break through. Nothing. Pittsburgh's going to try to dump him too, but no, yeah. no, nobody wants those. You can't trust the Russians. He fooled everybody. Cannot trust Russians. Uh, I've said it. I've said it once. Me and Don Cherry, I text him all the time. I said, he goes, you people, you Russians. Don't want poor Don. But anyways. You know, I would like to go after uh, Mantha or Duclair. Oh, yeah, Mantha. Both good players on really bad teams. Or I think they have expiring contracts, both of them. But again, I don't know that that gets you over the top next year, but it's at least a step in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. Like... I just feel like they need to get rid of Bergevin. And I, I don't want to be on the train where I'm just like, get rid of all the GMs. He's had his chance. And he really has done nothing with this team other than just accumulate third and fourth round players. For, uh, line players, excuse right. me. Like, he doesn't he doesn't get it. He's traded away a few good, talented players. P. 
P.K. Subban, I still think that was a bad trade. The Duran trade has turned out to be a massive fail. Like, that is a terrible trade for that, Montreal. That for Sergachev? Sergachev. He's so good. He's so good. <laughs> He's so good. Every time I watch the Lightning, I'm like, who is this kid? He is a hard-nosed, puck-moving, swift-skating defenseman. Perfectly made for this type of game these days. And they get Duran, who I've always said it. I've said it forever. The kid's got no heart. He's got no heart at all. He was a first-round pick. I remember watching his videos in juniors. So like oh, the, the hands so on good this kid. Junior. You should have saw yeah. my junior videos. My hands were sick. It was so good. <laughs> yeah. You could say that about a 1,000 guys. I know. It doesn't translate if you don't got it between... What, what do you say if you want to say someone doesn't have any heart? Between the ribcage and the backbone? I don't, I don't know. know. He, doesn't, he doesn't have any heart. I played against him a few times. He doesn't have any heart at all. He just doesn't want to win. So I think Montreal... They got oh, that's the thing. They can't even sell. They got Tatar. They can sell him. Tatar. I like that name. Um Brendan Gallagher, although he's a fan favorite. He's they're not going to get rid of Gallagher. Maybe you can flip Kovalchuk for a draft pick. You I gotta get could. rid of Price. That's that's the no. Price and Weber, that's what's holding them back. Yes. Price makes ten million dollars a year. They're gonna have riots in the streets if they do that. Why? Because Price has been so lights out he's gonna win the Vezin this year? No, but he's been there. He's been the best. Go- no. one of the best goalies in the league for a decade and a half. Not now. in the last five years. Been terrible, terrible. I could name ten goalies who are better than him. In the last ten years. Okay. No. Yeah. In the last ten years. Yeah. Yeah. So, so ten goalies that had a better 2010s than Price in the last five years. I said. <laughs> okay. I did. Well, we'll listen to the tape. I said five. <laughs> Bishop, Vasilevsky, yeah. Tuka Rask. Um, Craig Rask, Anderson. Oh, Rask is terrible. He's awful. Craig Anderson from Ottawa. I'm only in their division. Craig have, Anderson is not. Are better. you kidding me? Craig Anderson is hands down a better goalie than Carey Price. Hands yeah. down. No, he's not. Pull up the stats the last five years right Listen, now. I, I like Craig Anderson. When he's on his, think when he's on his game, he's as good as Pull anyone up the in the stats. league. I'll eat crow if I'm wrong on this. Pull up the goals against average and the save percentage. I don't want to do For the what? wins losses because they are on. Vastly different teams. In what time reference? The last five years. Just pull up Anderson's stats, write them down, then pull up Price's stats and write them down. I'll move on. We'll talk about GMs here who I think are on the hot seat and who's going to stay and who's going to go. Let's just stick in that division. Dorian from Ottawa. I think you got to keep him. Give him a chance. Let him ride it out a little bit. They're having a pretty good year. Yeah. Are you looking up stats right now? Sorry. You look at, You know you're wrong. You're getting sidetracked. I thought you were moving on. No, I'm moving on. You're staying on this. Dorian should stay. Okay, let's get to the West. Wilson, does he stay or does he go? I think he's been in San Jose too long. I love the guy. I love San Jose. I think he's done a lot of good things for that team. I think you only tra- you only get rid of Wilson if you blow it up, though. What's the point of keeping him on if you're going to keep things the same? You cannot blow up that team. It's That team is... what? What's the, How do you say not... They can't blow it up. It's impossible to blow that team up. Nobody is going to trade for those big contracts. They've handcuffed themselves to a few guys for a long, long, long time. So it's not like you can say, well, I'm going to deal Couture, Burns, Carlson, Vlasic. No one is going to take on those guys' contracts right now. Maybe you can swing a deal in the summer, but I don't see it happening. I think they need a fresh set of eyes just to change it up a little bit, you know, just to get something new in there, some fresh blood. I love Doug Wilson. I think he's a fantastic GM. But there comes a point where you have to just switch it up a little bit. And the same goes for the guy in Nashville, Poyle. 
I believe he's been there a little bit too long. He's getting comfortable. And you just need a, a fresh set, a new, a, a new set of ideas that maybe Poyle doesn't see. So I think – and who knows if all this is going to happen. I would love to see Russian roulette with these GMs. Just let's mix it up. Another one, Chicago, Stan Bowman. What, what happens with him? Another guy who has handcuffed his team for years and years and years and years. They got Seabrook and Keith and Taves and Kane locked up forever. Like, what, what happens to those guys? What happens to that team? They've had a great year considering what they're up against. I think Bowman goes. I really do. I would. I, I don't know. I just love it when teams just hit the reset button and away we go. Let's get a new set of eyes in here to switch it up. New players, new way to play the game, and just who knows? Maybe one of these teams can – just get a new energy within the room and within the building, and they can make a run again. I would love to see Chicago back in the playoffs. I'd love to see San Jose compete again. Nashville, they have a good team. Poyo swung for the fences this offseason to get Duchesne, and that has gone absolutely nowhere. I think Duchesne, what does he have this year? Probably like 30 points, 40 points. Far cry from what they got for him. They got rid of PK. They got rid of a lot of guys to get Duchesne, and it just has not worked out very much. Tim, update? Just about done here. He's smiling, so it makes me think I'm losing here. Okay, well, let's let's get off the GM hot seat. Let's talk about the Battle of Alberta. Tim? Final tallies are in. All right, let's, let's, let's hear it. You're not even close. Really? Anderson's gold against over the past five years is 3.02. Okay. And Price is 2.12. Really? Wow. Even this year is 275. Really? Yeah. And what are their uh, save percentage? I haven't done that. Well, because save percentage is the stat you want to look at. Goals against. <laughs> okay. No, because if you play in a bad team, you're going to give up more grade A chances. Yeah, I know the difference between the stats. But... Well, obviously, you know, I said to do save percentage as well. They only had two minutes here. Well, just look at their – just rattle off their same okay. percentage for the last this five years. This is price over the last five okay. years. 911, 918, 900, 923, 934. Okay, Pretty now go good. to Anderson. Not Let's bad. call that like 915. Okay. All right, pull up, pull up my guy, Craig Anderson. Dun, 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 dun. 901, 903, 898, 926, 916. Oh, man, Anderson. We'll call Anderson 912. <laughs> yeah, 901. Rape, I, anyways, so and then when you you average that out with their contract. Oh, yeah. And who's looking pretty good? You're factoring their Corsi and everything else. If Anderson's making $3 million and Price is making ten. I'm taking Anderson to offset that difference. I mean, Anderson on his best night is, is price is equal, but that's that's it. Hey, I'll take it. I'll take that. I'll take a three million dollar Anderson over a ten million dollar price. Did we bet breakfast on that one? What what was our bet? Over the higher safe. No, percentage. we didn't. We didn't. We should have, because I could use a breakfast even if I'm paying for it. All right, let's. Should we get out of the? There's so many guys we can talk about for trade deadline targets. Like, there's a lot of guys who are interesting targets, but. Their teams might not be sellers. Their teams might be sellers. A, a Kreider. Um, speaking of Ottawa, that Pajau. Pajau, yeah. Pago. Um, having a great year. The Rangers have three good goalies right now. What do they do with that young kid, the Russian, um, Gagoriev? Yeah. They have a lot. Like, there's a lot of guys out there who are going to be on the move. Brendan Dillon from San Jose. I've heard a lot of buzz about him. <laughs> Kovalchuk, we just mentioned him. Does he does he get turned around? Like, what? Galchenyuk? From Pittsburgh, what are they going to do? Pittsburgh always makes a big trade at the deadline before the playoffs. 
It's exciting. They figure out who the Bruins are going for, then they get that guy. Jerome every year. Yeah. yeah. Yager. Oh, yeah. All the time. I know, but what, like, do we talk about trade deadlines, free agents, going to the Battle of Alberta? There's so much to talk about. There's so much to talk about, but I, I, I will say in. this, though. Like, compared to other years, I don't think it's going to be a very exciting trade deadline. There's no huge names on the market. There's no, like, there's not enough um, disparity in the league. I think a lot of guys are pretty close. A lot of guys are going to be careful at the deadline. Um, unless anything, something happens over the next again ten to ten to fourteen days, I think we're not going to see anything too too exciting this year. Well, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'll list off ten or fifteen guys who I think are going to be traded, and you tell me where that you think they're going to go. Does that sound like a lot of fun? Why don't I do that for you? Well, let's both do it. Okay, Kreider. He's on all the lists. I hear Kreider is the number one trade deadline target. For everyone out there. He's a good player. He's a big, strong lad. I don't care for him. I played with him. But he's strong. He scores. He's got a bunch of goals this year. He's a Boston kid, right? Did he, he go to BU? BC. BC, same thing. Where do you think Kreider goes? I'm going to throw two teams at you. Columbus. Oh. I think could use him. Oh. His size. Going back to Tortorella. Yeah. And I would love to see him go to Edmonton. Ah. I think they could really use a player like him. I think wow. he would fit really well there if he can get on a line with one of those two guys, <clears throat> or even with Nuge. They're on the same line. So. They sometimes they are. Yeah, but they but they uh, they're undersized team, and and they're and they're playing like it. So you I think, think Edmonton's they, undersized. The superstars are. I mean, they, they don't have anyone big throwing the body around. Cassian. Yeah. Mm. I'm not impressed with him. Yeah, I'm not impressed. He just ran through Calgary single handedly. Yeah, I'm not impressed. Yeah, I don't know. All he right. Just, I want so I'll, I'll say I'd love to see him go to the Oilers. I would like to see that. I never even thought of Edmonton. Yeah. That is a unique. I like that. I thought you were just going to throw Boston. <laughs> that was my first just thought. Every everybody should go to Boston. All right. Um, what about Brandon Saad? Oh. Same type of player. Yeah. See, I think he would be good in Edmonton as well. Yep. Yeah. No. He, yeah. Yeah. He would be. I was. I guess say, that. Well, no. Go ahead. Not. Um. Not the Blue Jackets though. He didn't really work out there. No. What about like a a team like St. Louis? They don't know if Tarasenko is going to come back. They need some maybe help up front. I think their defense is pretty good. You know, I'm going to say another team. Both of those guys could go to Colorado. They're very top heavy. They, they need some secondary scoring. They need to balance out the top two lines. I like think a Cadre. I guess. Yeah, but he's, again, he's like, done well. You got that Burakovsky kid who's pretty good. Yeah, but I think having a little more depth would be good for that team. All right, let's let's talk about a defenseman, Tyson Berry. What do you do with Tyson Berry? The, well, the problem is in the right situation, he can be absolutely lethal. What's the right situation for him? Pl- if it's I mean, not Toronto, it's not Toronto. But it was. But it was. But what Colorado. is if, if it's not Toronto, where you're playing with arguably the best players in the world? On a day-to-day, night-to-night basis, what, what's what's a better situation for him? Yeah, but it's more than that, right? Because he was doing that in, in Colorado, too, and he was just unbelievable there. Kid's not a gamer. He's not a gamer. So maybe Washington or Pittsburgh, oh. if he goes to a team like that. Again, other superstars, not to say that their superstars are better than what the Leafs have, but in the right situation, fresh face, maybe he becomes the guy there. I mean, who's who's running the, the power play in, in Pittsburgh? It's a guy named Latang. Latang, yeah. yeah okay. He's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, fine. You ever heard of him? Yeah. I was thinking of like they have all these young kids. They have Marino. And then they, they have Malkin have... up top too. Yeah. But he could be good there. He could be good in Washington. Um I don't got Tampa. Do you trade him for a Galchenyuk? Imagine that trade. All right. Um what about should we do another defenseman real quick? Or gosh. Yeah. What about 
my former team at Dumba. He is terrible. This you don't year. like him? I he, he's a good player. He's having a terrible year. He I put like up, him. He put up uh, close to twenty goals last year as a defenseman. I think he's good. He's got a couple years left on his deal. A, a team that is in need of defense help, Toronto. He's different from Bad- Barry in the sense that I think he could be the number one guy in the right situation. He's more responsible, and I don't think he's offensively talented as Barry. No, but as a well-rounded player, I think he fits in well. Exactly. I don't think you need a power play guy. Morgan Riley is more than capable of running that power play. Yep. I feel like that would be a good fit, and if they don't have to give up Barry, but you got to keep Muzzin. I, I I don't want to go back to Toronto, but they're just such a they're just such an interesting team. Like they have it's it's all there. Philadelphia, I think would be good too. Yeah, Philly's been one of those teams where they play just a ugly style of game, but they just keep winning. I mean, they got uh, Niskin and Provorov, both solid players. Niskin has got how old? Is, how old is he? He's been around. He's been around. I feel like he makes the playoffs every year. He has been around. He's been on some good teams. He's won a Stanley Cup. Like he, he's he's been a good player his whole career. Thirty three. He's yeah. 33. What about uh, the Wings at Arathan Athanasio? Athanasio. He's gonna be an RFA. Yeah. Maybe. Although he's not as, as as exciting or enticing as some of the other names, on but he's team. also a player who you're not. It's not just a rental, you know. Yeah. So I feel like teams are more interested in that these days because if you're going to give up a draft pick, what Arizona, Arizona, yeah, because they're a guy. I mean, they they they're they're there, but they know they're not there, so they're they're less likely to want to go in for a rental or for a risky player. You're there, man. You're there. Yeah, it's interesting. We'll we'll circle around back to this because there's names like. The Wayne Simmons of the world. Like, the teams are going to start selling off. The teams are going to start falling off pretty quickly. Like, Minnesota won't be in it forever. Buffalo won't be in it forever. Montreal won't be in it forever. Like, in the next week or so, it'll be interesting to see how the mentality of teams change because a lot happens in a span of five games. You can be in or out in a one-week stretch. That's all it takes this time of year. You get hot, you win, you're in, you lose a couple, then you're just like, we've got to jump ship. Let's go. It's funny how it works like that. You've what? been on both ends of that, right? I have. What about Jonathan Quick? Does he does he get moved? Is he a starter on a on a on a playoff winning team? Do you think at this point in his career? Oh gosh, without a doubt, I th- I still think he's an elite talent. I think he is an elite an elite talent. The only thing is, is he's got big money left on his deal, so he's got three years left. I think he's his cap seven million, but he's only due. Like three million a year for the next three years, or his cap hits like six million, five point something. So I don't know. Like he's just such a good goal, and he's just now being wasted in L.A. So if I, it's a it's a win for L.A. if they kind of get him off the books and move on from him. I don't know there's a lot of interesting players out there. Uh, Minnesota's captain Miku Koivu. Does he want to? He has a full no move clause, much like Jumbo. Does he move it? Does he move on? Minnesota's not going to re-sign him next year for the I money feel, he's making. I feel like their entire roster is just second and third line guys who are pretty affordable that, that could pan out in the right situation. New like, Minnesota? Yeah. He makes a lot of money, I think, Koivu. I think he makes $6 million. Still, really? Five or six, yeah. But yeah, they got that Jason Zucker. They got um, Jonas Brodeen. They got Matt Dumba. They Spurgeon. Spurgeon. They have a lot of guys who, who their deals are up at the end of this year. So it would be interesting to see what they do. I don't know. Whatever. Moving on. Let's talk about the Battle of Alberta. Unless you want to touch on this just, a little more. Just one thing quickly before. We're talking about the players. I want to talk about one team that we haven't touched on yet. Ooh. Too much. Touched on it a little bit. The Sharks. Okay. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch, ouch. <laughs> I think you're maybe hoping to avoid it. 
The Sharks, we talked about Doug Wilson, what's he going to do with the situation. Carlson, he's got, he's got really nothing he can do there. But just a couple of days ago, it was announced that Hurdle had both his ACL and MCL done for the season. Absolutely devastating. Like two days after the All-Star game. His big coming out party to the NHL, yeah. really. Yeah, it was, it's just it's really, it's really awful. I mean, what are the guys in the room thinking right now? Because they were already, you know, down, and they already knew that like their chances were slim. And yeah, they're, it, they're they're done. Yeah, they're they're riding out the season now. I think they realize that they will not make the playoffs this year. They're going from the Western Conference Finals last year, missing the playoffs this year, and they're not trending in the right direction. I mean, it's past that though. Yeah. Well, they're they're not completely out of it. They have. Man, it feels like I'm just a, a broken record here with these teams. They have pieces in place, you know? They have a decent defensive core. Like, Carlson, Burns, and Vlasic are, are pretty serviceable defensemen. Dylan and Braun are both pretty good, too. Braun's not there. He's not? No, he got traded a while ago. But um, Dylan's there. Yeah, Dylan's there. He'll be gone soon. I think they'll get rid of him. But you just have to... You just got to accept it. There's no way they can get... They, they'll trade Dylan. They'll trade Melker Carlson. They'll get um, those guys gone, get some draft picks, but they don't have any draft picks this upcoming year. They traded it to Ottawa. Oh, really? For Carlson. Yeah. So they don't have their first rounder this year, and they're going to be a bottom 10 team. So Ottawa's going to have a lot of first round draft picks this year. Is it pretty much locked in that the Carlson trade was a big bust for them? Would you call it that? Early indications are yes. Massive, massive bust. You get this guy hoping he's going to take you to the next level last year. Doesn't do it at all. And he's been even worse this year. You know? He is he's invisible. I have not heard any, what name one story you've heard of Carlson this year. Any good plays, any good highlights, any like unbelievable moves? No, whenever whenever he's trending on Twitter, it's like a bad turnover in overtime that right? cost him the game. But when he was in Ottawa, he'd be doing these rink long saucer passes over five guys. He would be burying some guy with a big hit and jumping in the play. His hair will be flying. Yep. I haven't seen anything like that out of him in San Jose. I don't know what it is, but he is not performing like he should, and it's a mystery. The guy is an unbelievable talent, and I really don't know the answer. Like we said in other episodes, and the team knows they're done. Like the they, I sensed it when I was around the team and around the staff, around everybody. They're done. They've checked out. There is issues in that room, and it needs to be dealt with. They they got rid of the bore. It's not working. You know, I don't know. I don't know what what needs to happen there. I forgot until you said it how well they did last year. They made the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> you were almost called out for that for the uh, opening the door for them or whatever. Yeah, like it, that doesn't feel like that long ago. They lost to Vegas in the Western Conference Finals. Like, yeah, it was a big big deal. They're that was only like team. nine months ago. Was it Vegas they lost to? I can't remember. Gosh, I'm getting old. Yeah. But anyways. Anyways. Or St. Louis. Excuse me. Was it? Yeah, they St. beat St. Vegas in that controversial yeah, call. they lost to St. Louis. Um, yeah, poor San Jose. They, what's, what's Pavelski thinking looking back at that situation? He probably is upset. You know, he he invested a lot in that team. Yeah. And gosh, he had a lot. He had his most success of his career. He's, only, he's having actually a bad year. Pavs is. But, he is, but his team's doing well. Yeah, he'll be in the playoffs. He'll be in the playoffs. And he is the type of guy you want in the playoffs. He is a producer. He he does not shy away from the big moment. But, yeah, he's probably a little, little happy, a little sad to see how they're doing because he loves those guys. Like, they, he spent 10 years there. You know, it's bittersweet. 
But yeah, I don't know. I, I feel know. like him and uh, and Corey Perry like kind of sucking in, in this in this new team was pretty predictable, right? Uh, it was yes. You the writing was there. Perry's got four goals this year. Yeah, in forty games, it's not like he hasn't played. I know, I know. It's it's actually it's crazy. Pavelski has eleven, twenty two points. You got a couple the other night. Watch, they'll get to the playoffs and they'll light it up and they'll carry the team. And Bishop, when he's on, he's they have a good team. Who's scoring on them? They have a good team. They have, you know, Ben's there, Sagan's there. They have good defense. They got, like, Johan Klingberg or whatever. So, Have you seen that kid Heiskanen? No. For their team? No. Oh, he's good. He's a young defenseman. I think last year was his, his rookie year. He's fun, fun to watch. I remember they had, like, a clip of his first NHL shift, and he was just lights out, skating end-to-end, getting back, like, carrying the play, holding in the offensive zone. He's really good for them. Just buzzing around everywhere. All right, Big well, time. I, I hope Dallas does well. I like the Dallas Stars. I like their team makeup. All right, should, is there anybody else you want to talk about? No, let's talk about the Battle of Alberta. Yes. We put it off long enough. So it's always interesting. I know when the league is buzzing, I get interview requests. So last week I had a few interview requests, one in Edmonton, one in Toronto, um, one in Buffalo I did, and the league is buzzing because of a rivalry. A good old-fashioned knockdown, drag-out fight. The fans are craving it. The players want it. And everybody's excited to see it. And that's what we had between Calgary and Edmonton in the last few weeks. What are your thoughts? You are a a left-leaning kind of millennial who doesn't like the fighting and the physical brand of play. How did this strike you? Were you upset by it? I am amazed that you just nailed me down so well. I read you like a book the moment I saw you. It was impressive. Wow. The hair, the glasses. Yeah. The beard, the perfectly coiffed beard. I knew it. Man, you've got me down to a T. Yes, um, it's a blast. I mean, how, how can you not love this as a hockey fan? Because we talked last week about how we were sort of annoyed at, at Kachuk not answering the bell, kind of getting their reputation um, and turning that, that down. So we kind of said, going into the All-Star break, He's got to answer this. He's he's got to stick up for you know answer for what he did and stick up for his teammates, and he did. The last two games since we've recorded last week have been unbelievable. Like must watch hockey that I taking lots because we don't have it here. But like I'm watching the highlights. I'm watching Twitter. The clips are coming out. The fights. We had a goalie fight. I mean, just unbelievable. It's it's so great as a hockey fan. Like I have no stake in these teams whatsoever, other than I just love hockey. Yeah, and this is a blast to, to watch. And they're scoring goals. Yeah, it's a fast paced game. There's hits. It was a playoff atmosphere, amped up times ten. This has to be a playoff matchup. Oh my gosh, we need. To, oh my god. But if it's a first, that's where I'm like, ah, oh, don't be a first round matchup. Please don't be a first round matchup. Yeah, because that's what it's lining up to be. Although, yeah, but I'd take that because I don't think those teams are going to advance very far anyway. Oh, I don't know. I like those teams. I like I like the makeup of them, especially all West. There was no one really walking away in the West. What do you think about that Riddick kid celebrating in the shootout? Do you see that? No. The he goalie? Stuffed, yeah, he stuffed uh, one of the Oilers players, I forget. Was that the first game? The first game in a shootout, and he like tossed his stick like, like a bat toss, like in baseball, and stared the guy down. No. That was like the winning, the winning play, yeah. And then Smitty... Beat his backup goalie's doors off the next it was game. Cam Talbot, yeah, yeah, that's garbage. I don't like that. You don't show up another team just because you made a save. Yeah, you probably liked it. I mean, like you're allowed to show emotion. Like, I, it's it's don't disrespect people though. Yeah. Do you think it was disrespect? What do you think in a if a guy hits a home run and a bat bat flip? Do you like that? 
I think it's fine. I like that too. Yeah. I didn't see it, so I don't want to speak on it. Like, if he stared him down, though, I don't really care for that. It's like you stopped the hockey puck. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, good for like, don't stare him down. Like, you're not the man. So, so credit where it's due. We, Kachuk answered the bell. He fought Zach Cassian. Yeah, and then what about the little conversation they had? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so uh, Cassian told Kachuk right before they fought, when, when Kachuk accepted, he said, thanks, kid, I appreciate you doing this. I think it showed a healthy you know, amount of respect for him. Like he, he clearly recognized that, like, okay, you backed down last time. You're entering the call this time. The whole world's watching. Um, and, again, he's like, which I, it's just so cool. Like this, these kind of moments, I mean, you probably had a bunch of them. Yeah. Like that little exchange, the, the mutual respect. I mean, you, you could might as well you know, be drinking buddies if you weren't playing hockey together. Um, and I don't care for it. I'll be honest. Why? I don't like the thanks, man. Thank you. No. Why? Because you gotta, when you're getting ready to fight someone, you don't just, hey, thanks, man, appreciate it. You, you, you need to hit him. the other guy for a few minutes after the fight. Be like, hey, man, thanks for that. Not before him. He also said uh, that Kachuk wanted to go right away at the beginning of the game, and Cassian said he wanted him to think about it for a little bit first. So he said, no, not yet, not yet. Uh, he called it the game within the game. I like that. What is that? Like, what is he doing when he says not yet, not yet? We, we, it's we funny. Wait. I just talked to George Larocque this morning. And um, we we were talking about fighting, and I was like, "So, have you ever turned down a fight?" And he said, "No," but he said, "I've never really been asked that much because I always wanted to ask somebody because I wanted to let everyone know that I was not afraid to fight them. So I always wanted to be the the instigator of the fight, and it's a mental game. So if I ask you, you're like, "Wow, this guy's not afraid to fight me. He he wants to fight me." But if you ask me, I'm like, "Whoa, why does Tim want to fight me?" Like, what's going on? He should be afraid of me, but he, he's not, and he wants to fight me. What does he know that I don't? Right? And so, George, it was interesting. He's like, I've never, I think I've only been asked to fight a handful of times. I've always asked other guys to fight. Right. So, and that maybe that's what Cashman is doing. Let this kid think about it. He doesn't know when the fight's going to happen. It'll mess up his game. I like I liked that move. I honestly do. So, you think you think it was on Cassian's mind, or uh, Kachuk's mind the whole time? Oh, uh, for sure, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, when is this going down? And I don't know. It might it, it, even if it gives you a slight edge, why not do it? And Kachuk is all geared up. Maybe he like chugged a couple Red Bulls. He's ready to go, and then he's like, "No, no, let's wait." And then Kachuk is rattled for a few shifts. And then you, then you, then you get him. No, no. There's there's an art to fighting. It was interesting talking to George this morning. Man, is he? He's like, it's a real deal. Yeah, we can't tease it too much, though. Oh, there's it's a so, new, something cool coming something up. Something new coming up in the in the works. It was it was yeah, really interesting talk. Yeah, he's a well spoken guy. Yeah crazy stories so um invisible during this whole battle of alberta there's two big games lots of fights speaking of heavyweight fighters yeah there's a battle of alberta you would figure arguably the toughest guy on the ice would show up does he was did he dress he did i forgot he was on the teams he dressed both games are you sure we're talking about milan lucic yeah yeah he did not extend his all-star break no not that i know of interesting what Talk about just collecting a paycheck. Yeah, that guy's mailed it in big like, time. We, we just talked about Skinner earlier. He has just been just cashing Joe's checks the last few years and hasn't done a thing. Like what's a, like have a little a little gutspa? Is that what they say? Hutspa? Hutspa. A little hutspa. Like show like just jump in, grab somebody. But then he then he goes, the game's changed. You can't go around running guys anymore and jumping guys. Since when? Since when? Can it's you happened not like do 10 that? times already this year. That is your job. You do not score anymore. I love the way you play the game when you played in Boston. Like, what? What? 
That's what you do, man. Especially in games like that. Like that's the that's the expectation. That's like that's yes. like the the code of conduct in those games. Go I mean, right after Cassian. Challenge him in front of the whole building. Yeah. You're not taking out my guy. Like let's do this. Like let's go big boy. You want to mess with my star? You're going to get beat up. It's not going to happen. Not on my watch. He's taking a lot of heat for it. I, oh, is he really? It's hard to tell if he even like cares though. Doesn't care. Well, we talked about it the last podcast. Lucic could he, he is totally checked out. He's not going to protect anybody. He probably doesn't even like Kachuk. He doesn't want to fight. He said it's not the 80s anymore, quote unquote. Well, because he played in the 80s. <laughs> right. I could pull up probably a dozen clips of him grabbing guys oh, yeah. who didn't want to fight. Like that was his thing in Boston. I don't, I, I don't get that quote. Okay, good. so he says here, it's if you notice, it's pretty quiet out there when I'm on the S. No, we didn't notice. But, I didn't notice that. But it's pretty loud everywhere else. It's pretty loud during the game when there's goalies fighting and but, your players are getting ran and all this jazz and could Cassian's fighting Kachuk and the goalies or this and that and Goudreau and Nugent Hopkins or not Goudreau, whatever. Like, it's not quiet. You're quiet. But couldn't you make a point, and you've made this point many times, that <clears throat> the best job of, of the tough guys is the fights that don't happen while they're on the ice? No. The job of a tough guy is to prevent all fights. When I played, I didn't say, well, it's pretty quiet when I'm on the ice. I said, it's pretty quiet this game. Okay. There was no fights happening this game. That's an important distinction. Oh, my gosh. I didn't just sit there and go, I played my six minutes and no one got into a fight. The other 54 minutes was a complete brawl. Yeah. It was mayhem. You don't say that. His stars are getting in fights. His all-star forward is getting into a fight. His goalie is getting beaten up. His star player is getting into a fight. You have to do something. I'm sorry. That's a terrible quote. It's wrong. I think he's checked out. He is just riding his horse into the sunset with a big, big duffel bag full of cash, and he doesn't care anymore. What do the guys on his squad think? Do squad? You think his squad, what, yeah. are we a cheer team? Does he like... All right, squad. <laughs> Let's go. That's <laughs> him. This is so funny. I mean, obviously they notice. <laughs> you don't say squad? I've never heard someone say squad before. Maybe it's a baseball it's term. It's not a baseball term. It is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Me and the squad. I If you've ever heard squad before, tweet in, because I've never heard squad in my life. There's that movie, like um, the... Marvel squad, or I don't know. If that's the Avengers, funny. yeah. Yeah, they're a squad. Infinity squad. Something. You're funny. That's funny. <laughs> but anyways, the team is, they're just probably like, what is what What good are you for our team? I'm sure he's liked. I, I can't imagine he's not liked in the room. He's probably a nice guy. It's like, what? Like, he's me. He's honestly me, but I fought. He's not scoring. He's not getting points. You're not fighting. You're obviously not intimidating anybody. Cassian doesn't seem like he's nervous out there. No. So, like, Cassian's calling out Kachuk, literally threatening him in the papers, and Lucic doesn't say boo. Who's, like, Kachuk's, like, three games after an all-star game. Yes, and he's a kid, and Cassian is a proven tough guy in the league, and Lucic doesn't even say, like, hey, I'm going to take care of him. Like, he just he just goes, ooh, it's not the 80s. Well, speaking of being quiet, you know who's taken to, to a whole other level is Dustin Bufflin. Have you seen the reports on him lately? Yeah. So talking about terminating the contract, what, is, what does that mean? So that means they're going to come to a mutually agreed upon number where they're, they're basically going to buy him out for a number. Because right now they're going back and forth with was Dustin hurt? 
while he was playing hockey, or did he just sustain his ankle injury in the summer? The Jets have not been paying him. He has filed a grievance through the NHLPA with the Winnipeg Jets and the NHL saying, hey, this ankle injury was caused last year or the previous years with Winnipeg. You guys need to pay me. Winnipeg's like, listen, you went through your checkout, your medical clearance at the end of the year. You signed those papers. You said you were healthy. We are absolved of all this. And that's how it works. If you go into your year-end medical, you sign your paper saying we're healthy. They do the full medical. They check you top to bottom, check all your limbs and your joints. If everything checks out, you are on your own. So if you hurt yourself training or doing something non-hockey related, they do not have to pay you, technically. So that that's where they're that's where they're at right now. They said you got ankle surgery, did not consult with us. We're not paying you your check. And so they've come to an agreement. I, I I don't think he's ready to play. He's had that surgery, he's rehabbing it. I think Winnipeg, they they gotta get out from under his cap if they want to make a move. And they're going to come to a dollar amount, and they're just going to go their separate ways. Buff will be a UFA. Winnipeg will have that cap room left. And the saga will be over. Yeah, it's it's just been a bizarre year for one of the biggest talents in the league to just kind of be gone. It's very, very, very strange. <sighs> Tim, we can. We can do that. Tim just wrote me a note on a whiteboard. He wants to tease Marlo and Vlasic. Oh, man. What? I'm not very subtle. You love trying to embarrass me. Why does that embarrass you? The people you're never going to see in your whole life? That's not true. I meet my fans all the time. Where? They stop me on the street. Are you Tim from dropping the gloves? And actually, I, say, I have seen Wait, I have, to, I have to tell you a story. My, my younger cousin texted me the other day. He's like, hey, when's this episode going to drop? I haven't seen it yet. And I was like, Jack, he's 14. I'm like, Jack, you don't listen. Like, what are you, you talking about? First of about? all, you should have corrected him and said, you don't see it. You hear it. You see it on your phone that it's come out, though. Yeah, then you hear it. True. Okay. And I was like, you don't listen. He goes, yeah, I do. I listen all the time at night. And I was like, oh, really? And he goes, yeah, it helps me fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are you serious? You should have hung up the phone. Yeah. <laughs> you little twerp jack. He was dead serious, though. Yeah, I fall asleep to it all the time. That's I'm like, okay. hilarious. That's, Thank you. We should like uh, do like some kind of dream scenario right now because the show's almost over. And be like, and then the, so, I don't know, something <laughs> scary. I'm not a good scary storyteller. But anyways, yeah, we could tease. We're gonna release Marlo and Vlasic. How do you tease that? Well, let's talk about the day a little bit. Oh, it was a long day. This is this is back when we did the uh, the GLI uh, beginning of right after the New Year, right? Yeah, uh, back in in January, and we had the um, the GLI, which Great Lakes Invitational was Michigan Tech, who we were, we were rooting for, your alma mater, Tech State University of Michigan, and Ferris. And Ferris, yep. So yeah, there was a, it's like a four four team two day tournament, two winners progressed. Michigan Tech won the whole thing. Anyways, San Jose played down there um, that night the or next, the next night. The next night. So we I saw that and I was like, let's try to get an interview with some of the guys. Luckily, well, we were supposed to do it with Jumbo and Bernsey or Jumbo and Patty. And Mar- yeah. And then Jumbo bailed because his parents came into town, so he had to kind of. Go do his thing. I texted Bernsey. He ghosted me. Didn't respond at all. Which we'll get back to in a minute. Which we'll... I don't want to... We're going to drag... This could, this could be like a whole long conversation. We know. Five minutes. So, he didn't respond. So, I was like, Patty was in. Who are we going to get? I was like, I have Pickles' number. Pickles is not the most exciting guy in the world. And I, I didn't know if he would say yes. So, I bribed him with a dinner. I was like, hey, listen, I'll take you out for dinner. We'll do an interview. He's like, fine, we're going to this restaurant. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, we're going to roast. 
And I was like, okay. I called for reservations. We got like a table, luckily. I texted Pickles. I'm like, yeah, we got a table. He's like, don't worry. I already got a reservation. We're set. <laughs> I'm like, how did you get a reservation already? He had already had a reservation before I even texted him. Oh, really? Yes. And, and now you're paying now for Now I'm it. paying for dinner. Go to dinner. The guy orders three entrees. Hold Let's jump okay, back. Sorry, a bit. sorry, sorry. We yeah. walk into the restaurant. We're thinking like, okay, we have like an hour to kill. Let's just go to the restaurant, get set up. We're gonna maybe have the mics, maybe have a drink, loosen up a little bit, relax, yeah. and then we. As soon as we walk in, we hear from across the restaurant. Big. That was pretty cool. Jumbo was like, got his hand up. Yeah. Big. Like it's a full restaurant. Yeah. I'm like, all right, Jumbo. And so we we go and sit down with him, Burnsy. Who surprise, has been surprise. ghosting me for two days, and then the the rookie Mario Ferraro, Ferraro yep, Luigi, who's super quiet, super quiet, very Italian, um, good set of hair. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyways, we sit down with them, a riot. We I just jump right back into the old the locker room talk with them. They're just you know giving me the update, the download, the what's going on, how their life's been going on, like what are they doing, this and that, and it was it was fun. Tim joined the table, Jumbo, you know. Oh, welcomed you with open arms. Oh yeah, yeah. He was good. He was very like welcoming. Asked me questions about my life, and Bernsey didn't even make eye contact with me. Bernsey's like, beat I was it. nothing to him. Beat it, pigeon. Yeah, we don't need you here. <laughs> yeah. And then Bernsey just started giving me a hard time the whole time. But anyways, it, we I know we sat down with them for a while. I was like, man, I wish we could have had the interview with them. Yeah, but we couldn't have used any of what we talked about at the dinner table. Well, it was just, yeah. I don't. I don't know. We could have used some of it, but maybe not all of it. It would have been, you know, it would have been a bad edit, but. Man, they're just they were they were really lively, and then we sit down for dinner with Marlo and Pickles, and I love Patty Marlo. I Pickles is a great guy. They're just not the most energetic guys at a dinner table. So I said, let's squash the interview. We're not going to do it here. We had a nice dinner. We had a couple drinks. We know we just had a nice conversation. It was really great. Right, it was great. They were just so like Mar- Marlo is just so different from from Jumbo and Bernsey. Yeah, it's kind of like after going on that high, that kind of a raucous table to like Marlo's polite and proper, and he like doesn't swear. And I'm like, is this guy bored? Like, is he does he, is he mad at us? Like, no, he's just a good man. Yeah, he is a he's good just, man. He's so normal. Yes, and it was nice. We, like, I had a good time at dinner. We had a nice conversation. I was asking what the team was. I was asking what their family was. Like, what are we doing? I learned a lot about Mark Edward Vlasic. Yeah, I didn't know. Guy loves champagne. Loves dogs. Loves dogs. Obsessed with his dogs. Obsessed. Loves just champagne and dogs. Those are his two passions. And if we weren't talking about one of those two things, his phone was out. He wasn't interested. Yeah, he's not shy about it either. Yeah. And I was like, oh, and I would make comments too. I'm like, Pickles, it's super rude. He's like, I don't want to talk about this. I want to talk about dogs or champagne. That's, <laughs> yeah. it. That's all I want to talk about. So anyways, we had a nice dinner and I was like, listen, I bought you guys dinner. Let's go. We went up to Patty Marlowe's room, set up shop there, had a nice long interview. It was a great talk. I thought it was really enjoyable. It was illuminating, a lot of cool stuff, a lot of uh, talking about the early days of their careers. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Because you don't realize how much those guys have done until you sit there and you actually, like, write it down. He's like, okay, high draft pick Patty Marlowe, high draft pick Pickles, like, great junior career, world juniors, Olympic champions, like, Hall of Fame careers, best players of their generations, arguably, for their positions. The one glaring... Weakness. The one thing that's missing is a Stanley Cup for both of them. Yeah. And so we touched on that. Like, how do they feel about their career, not winning a Stanley Cup? Are like, do they strive to win that? Are they secure not winning a cup? It just. It was a very interesting conversation. It wasn't a spitting chicklets, effing and jeffing, talking about conquest. 
that's not what I was going for. It was a very, very, very good conversation with two Hall of Fame players who take their craft very serious. They sure, I, yeah, they're professionals. Yeah, both. it was great. Yeah, and Tim, you did a good job too. It was nice. Thank you. Yeah, it was. Thank it was you. a really well done thing. So, anyways, we'll we'll drop that soon. We'll next drop it week. next next week. Yeah, I hope. Well, after this one, right? No, right now. What? It's gonna be on this episode. Oh, it is. This is gonna be the longest episode ever. I know. We'll do two episodes. We'll drop it the next day. We'll see. Yeah, we will. We can't do an hour and a half, two hour episode. It's crazy. But anyways, thank you everybody for listening. I hope you listened to this one and then the Marlo and uh, Pickles episode. It's really, really good. I promise. Tell your friends. Uh, appreciate all the support, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Uh-huh.